Well, good morning, Kettlebrook family. Uh, this is our last Sunday here in Kewaskum, and uh, this is my final message to you. Uh, and I, I think it's no coincidence at all that uh, our, our final Sunday uh, comes at the end of a series on hospitality, because that is what our site does best. That is what we are known for. Uh, and, uh, and I'm not just talking about our time after the gathering, but um, I'm talking about true hospitality. And I, I experienced that firsthand. It took me three weeks after I got on staff to finally be able to get to Kettlebrook Kiwaskum. They had me do my rounds. But when we finally made it here, uh, Sharice and I just felt immediately welcomed, immediately loved, and we felt immediately at home. And um, I was not bashful of telling anyone that I came across that Kiwaskum is the friendliest site. So much so that we stay so long after the gathering that they have to kick us out. So much so that we decided we have to make friends with the custodian so then we can get a little extra time, right? <laughs> Which has been great. But, but more than that, uh, you embraced me. Uh, even though I had no clue what I was doing, fresh out of youth ministry, uh, coming, coming from that background, uh, this, this family has been so gracious and patient uh, with me as I grew and learned how to be your pastor. Uh, and in the, in the five years, uh, our congregation has also grown in from just being friendly to being family. Um, and, and not just with me, but with one another, truly. Uh, and, and, and I'm still not bashful about uh, sharing with anyone um, about our Kiwaskum site uh, that it's not just the friendliest site, but what we have is family. And you guys are what make this place special. Uh, and you know what else I brag about? One of the things I brag about is that our small groups, that we have 75% of us are in small groups, and even more than that are in serving groups, which is pretty amazing. And I think all of that stems from being family and living like family. Uh, and now we know that this family needs to experience change, like, like any family does. And I've often enjoyed using my family and, and our stories to uh, share uh, about what God is doing and, and teach about the gospel. And my daughter, Aria, has probably given me my best sermon illustrations over the years. And I've got one now. I remember back in the fall, we were, we were driving to school, and um, she was sad about her shoes. Uh, they didn't fit anymore. And, and so we were going to have to, she had outgrown them, and so Sharice packed them up and put them in the basement, and, and, and she was just so sad about her old shoes, these, these shoes she knew so well, these shoes that fit so well uh, and, and so comfortably, and it's cute seeing nostalgia from, from a four-year-old, um, but, but what turned that conversation around was when I, I reminded her, and I told her, you know, honey, you're, you're going to be getting new shoes. And all of a sudden, there's just this new look in her eye. Uh, there's a, this joy and an excitement about the unknown and experiencing something new, uh, even amidst the sadness. And that's, that's us, right? Uh, we've gotten pretty comfortable, pretty familiar with this family that just fits so well. Um, and, and it's okay to be nostalgic. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to cry. I have. And it's because we've deeply loved one another. And this is hard. 
And over the last several months, uh, over each leg of, of the journey, I, I've shared a word of Scripture that I feel like the Spirit has put on my heart. We've looked in the book of Acts. We've looked in Revelation. We've looked in the Gospels. And, and this morning, I couldn't decide on just one passage of Scripture to share. So I picked five. So <laughs> four of them are Paul's words to his flock, his church family. And at the end of the message, I, I simply want to read those words to you um, as though they were also my words to you. Uh, but the fifth passage I picked is the one that holds them all together. Uh, it's, it's the reason that the other ones even matter at all. Uh, it's part of Jesus' farewell message to his disciples in the Gospel of John. And I think if there's a theme from this morning, this is where we're, we're going to find it. And so if you do have a Bible with you, I, I invite you to pull it out. Uh, we're going to be looking at John 16.33. So John 16.33, it's on 765 of the Red Bibles. And if you'd like one to use, Scott would love to bring one up to you, John 16.33. And at this point uh, in John's Gospel, what's been happening is that Jesus has just spent the last three chapters teaching his disciples. And these are Jesus' final words to them before they go out to pray in the garden, and he's then arrested and crucified. And so I'll also have the words up on the screen if, if you want to follow along there as well. So John 16:33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Well, I want to pray before we go any further, so please pray with me. Father, I thank you for the opportunity, as always, uh, for this place, this time, this season that you have given us to spend together, that our journeys could come together um, to look to you, to learn from you, to um, be disciples of Jesus, and, and, and as you empower us to follow him. So, Father, this morning I pray that you would increase our love, and that you would uh, increase um, your grace, um, that you would continue to, to demonstrate to us what it looks like to follow Jesus and to walk after him, and, and that you would also um, open up these words of Scripture to us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if I'm allowed to use Arya as an example one more time, uh, just this week something, something went wrong. I don't know, it always does. And... <laughs> Ari was feeling shame for something, that a sad choice that she had made. And, and as she often does, she hysterically breaks down in tears. Uh, and, and she says something that, that she says every once in a while. And she said, life is hard sometimes. Life is hard. I can't do it. <laughs> and it's funny and heartbreaking at the same time hearing it from a four-year-old. Uh, and like we usually do, we tell her that she should pray. She should talk to Jesus and, and, that, and ask him to calm her heart. And, and so she usually does that. Um, but this time she said, it doesn't matter. It's not going to help. I don't see Jesus. He's not here. And uh, hearing this out of the mouth of a four-year-old might not sound like it's a huge world-ending deal, but I... I I realize that if I don't continue to lay down the foundation of who Jesus is and how much he loves her, that she might be saying the same thing when she's 14 years old and the same thing when she's 40 years old. 
Uh, and I am also getting better at gospel fluency. So I didn't try to redirect her or correct her. I just said, you're right. Life is hard. Life is hard sometimes. But Jesus knows that. And I told her, Jesus had a hard life too. Jesus had a hard life. He even died on the cross for us so that we could know God and have a relationship with him and to be forgiven for all of our sad choices. Arya's right. Life can be hard sometimes. Jesus said it too. In this world, you will have trouble. He had trouble. And if we're going to follow him, it's likely that given we're going to have trouble. Life is hard sometimes. And, and it's especially hard when we don't see Jesus. And it's even more hard when we're not looking for Jesus and don't realize that he walked through the hardness of life for us, before us, far harder than we could ever imagine. And he did that so that we could be victorious over it, so that we could be invited into his victory because Jesus has overcome the world. Life is hard sometimes, but take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. Life is hard for us in numerous ways. But one of the ways that we're all experiencing it right now, of course, is uh, with our, the closing of our Kiwastam site. Uh, and I know that each of us has been processing it in different ways uh, and, and that there are a lot of things that are hard amidst this. Change is hard. Uh, partings are hard. Making sense of everything is hard. Uh, in Matthew's Gospel, uh, Life got hard for John the Baptist. And when that happened, uh, he he was in jail and he was about to be killed. So he he sent some of his disciples to Jesus to ask if Jesus was really the Messiah. Because life was hard. And and you know that he was experiencing the hardness of life uh, and the trouble of this world, given the fact that he was Jesus' biggest trumpeter. And now he wasn't sure. And so in Matthew 11, Jesus replied, Go back to John and report what you hear and see. And then Jesus tells John's disciples how the kingdom of God has been advancing. So if you feel like John and you feel like life is hard sometimes, here's what I want to share with you. The kingdom of God has been advancing. been advancing here in our greater Kewaskam area. Yes, life is hard sometimes, but take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. So what was our mission? Well, our mission was to reach the people and families of the greater Kewaskam area, to spur on believers to becoming followers and disciples, and to invite the lost into relationship with each other and ultimately with Jesus. And and how do we aim to achieve this? Well, through our Sunday morning gatherings, through our hospitality times, uh, our small groups and discipleship groups, through inviting people into our homes, through outreach and community partnering. How did we do? That's the next one. Because because really, in Matthew 11, Jesus said, what do you say? Go and report, right? And, And so if people ask you, what did you accomplish? Go and report, we advanced the kingdom of God. We, we equipped 
and sent the saints. Believers in Jesus became disciples of Jesus. Fans of Jesus became followers. People said yes to the first time to Jesus. People said yes to taking that next step. People said yes to baptism. We walked in faith. We took risks stepping out in places we hadn't thought of or ever would have been comfortable to do that before. And through our small groups and our discipleship groups, um, we launched deeper into relationships with one another and relationships with Jesus. And we reached into our community and we built relationships with community leaders, striving to serve those that Jesus called the least of these through, through efforts like the food pantry and leaf raking and the Boys and Girls Club and Habitat for Humanity and Family Promise Nights, Seed of Hope Baby Bottles. And as we've known and come to know Jesus' hospitality, God's, God's hospitality demonstrated to us, most specifically through Jesus, we've become people of hospitality, inviting others into our homes and to our tables and into our families even with the intention of inviting them into God's family. So the mission continues. Uh, Though our site is closing, the mission to reaching the people and families of the greater Kewaskam area doesn't stop. And it doesn't stop because God's saints, God's people, God's family still live here, work here, play here. The mission continues because he has placed you here. Amongst your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, and he's called you to reach them. And, and so I, I want to end this morning with a reminder and an exhortation from five passages of Scripture. And the reminder is this. Life is hard sometimes, but take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. And for the exhortation, I'd like to read to you guys um, Paul's words to his church family. And uh, my, my hope is that you'd also hear this as my words to you. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them together in perfect unity let the peace of christ reign and rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful let the word of christ dwell in you richly as you teach And admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts for God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And let us hold unswervingly to this hope that we profess, for he who is promised is faithful And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Rejoice 
in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So thank you. Thank you for embracing me and my family. Uh, Thank you for being patient with me as I grew and becoming your pastor. Uh, Thank you for being open and vulnerable and hospitable and friendly and for being family. Thank you for your incredible dedication to to gathering, to being a part of one another's lives in groups and in every other way and for all of your incredible hard work and service. And thank you for making this time and this place special because of your partnership in the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's always, it has always been for his glory. Let us pray together. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that you have given all of us to gather as family. You have called us to something deeper. And like Steve said earlier, Father, that uh, you are the one who opens and closes doors. And, and the reason for that, just like you closed the door of the church in Jerusalem, was to scatter the saints on purpose so that they could rise up to leadership and, and to leading in different areas where the gospel had not been before. That was your hand. And so, Father, we trust that this is your hand again as you lead us um, to go in different ways in different places that you would be scattering, not, not people, but that you'd be scattering the seeds of the gospel uh, and that we would just be the ones who are going where you send us. And so, Father, we pray that um, what you have done in and through us, you would continue to do in and through us, that greater works than than we could imagine, uh, Father, would, would be done through this body, through these people, for your name's sake, through the power of Jesus, and for his glory. And Father, I ask that you continue to help us process, that you continue to help us forgive, that you continue to help us heal, that you continue to help us see greater vision. 
of who you are, what you are doing. And we pray this all in the power, in the perfect name of Jesus. Amen.